We are rolling. There's a big old mic stand. Right there. Everybody ready? Welcome to No Instructions. I'm Bob. And I'm Anthony. I'm Josh. Hey, I'm Forby. Hey, we're all here. Hey. What's up? Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, on the No Instructions YouTube channel, you can see all four of us. And we just barely fit in the frame. <laughs> Had to back the camera I'm, up I'm, this time. I'm kind of kind of barely in there. You know, how much no, camera I'm, not, I'm, good. Need. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need that much room. Although, once I get this giant treehouse done, I have oh, a feeling yeah. once I get to the point to where I'm actually building the tree part, the camera will not be able to see me. Because I think it's going to be right here in front of my face, which will be cool. Uh, so we went to Walmart today. You guys got some sets. Mm -hmm. yep. What'd you get, Anthony? Uh, I got the night bus from Harry Potter and Prisoner of Azkaban. The night bus. Yes. So this is a... Slightly easier set than last time. I had a Lego Technics set last time, oh, yeah. and I barely like got done with the first section. So my goal is to get significantly further this time. I'm excited. Cool. Yeah. What are you working on? Are those Josh? all the pieces? No, this is this is just the first bag. Oh, okay. I'm trying to save space. That's smart. Yeah. Three bags. I am working on the uh, Lego BB-8 that you bought me. Mm. It's real big. I'll hold up the box for you. Yeah, I got my hands full. I think you're gonna like this one. Oh, that's that gonna be cool. Yeah, the the that thing place. that's deceptively cool about this one is that all the stuff on the inside, mm -hmm. not all of it works, but I mean, like, see, you have this sphere. It's not really a sphere. Mm -hmm. um, but three of the four panels, I think, open up, and then the head is jointed down through the entire body. So it wiggles? Yeah, so it wiggles when cool. you... Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's yeah, super cool. It's good stuff. What you got for me? Um, I have the... <laughs> <laughs> I have the Bastion. Long arms is what you have. I have long arms. <laughs> uh, the Bastion uh, from o character from Overwatch, uh, which I'm really excited about. I think he's a pretty cool design. I'm a fan of the game and all the characters in there, and it looks like a really cool build. And they just released a skin in the game that's actually Legos. It's oh, not really? this, hmm. It's not the same color. It's actually like the primary red, blue, yellow, I think, white maybe, but... Uh, it, it's just it's been on my mind. So I have no experience with Overwatch. Yeah, I actually either. have that same set that my kids got me just because it was a robot. Yeah, but it's, it's a fun game. I yeah. mean, it's uh, it 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 has an extreme amount of polish. I think for uh, which a lot of Blizzard games are kind of known for. But um, I, for as long as I've been playing it, I find it's just a fun one to just jump into and kind of play some games. And I mean, it, it's just. Visually, it's very impressive and also kind of just, I think, easy to get used to, maybe, compared hmm. to some of the other games. But I, I think maybe it's it's difficult to really give it, um, to compare it with some things after you've played it for so long and you're just so used to it. But It's been out for, like, a very long time now. Uh, yeah. I mean, I in, in the, the scheme of, like, video games. Sure, yeah. Which I guess they last longer these days than they did. That's yeah, a George. brick separator. Oh. <laughs> So you don't have to bite the pieces. Even I knew that. Oh. What if you like biting the pieces? <laughs> then well, carry on. Go for it. All right. Yeah, it was like one of those games that was out for a long time, and I never played it. And then finally, I was like, you know, maybe I should just, like all the kids are talking about Overwatch, maybe I should just give it a shot. And then I downloaded it, and I don't even think I ever opened it. Because oh. it was one of those, like, well, I'm probably going to be obviously years behind in playing this, and so I'll be worse at this one relative to everybody else than I'm normally at games, because mm -hmm. they're all going to be really good. Is it that kind of a thing where everybody has now been playing it so long that everybody's so advanced that you couldn't jump in? Or could you still jump in? I don't find that to be the case, because I run into that on other games where, like, um, s some guys that I, I usually play with, with we've played um, Apex Legends, which is kind of a, a new one, and it's all just sort of uh, free-for-all. It, it's team-based, at least it was at the beginning. But that had a sort of a quick... Um, sort of rise of the general level of play to where I die really quickly all the time. But I, I find Overwatch to be a little bit more forgiving. I mean, there's um, there's respawning, and you, you can just kind of, like, play through a game. You may lose, like, in the objective, but I don't find it to be as brutal as the kind of, you know, one death, you're out, you... Mm wait for the rest of your team to maybe revive you, maybe not, kind of thing in, in Apex Legends or 
there's a lot of other games, a lot of other play styles, but I've found it to be a really fun, just um, semi-casual, but also you you can get to the point where you feel pretty skilled hmm. at it. But okay. I, I don't think that it, it really, um, it, that it's really that bad if you're bad at it. And there's fun little arcade modes, too, that are just sort of fun to jump in, and they're weird. They have... Uh, you know, low gravity or mystery heroes where every time you spawn, you're a different person. So it just like, it keeps everybody guessing and right. stuff. And uh, yeah, it's, I think it's, I think it's fun. Hmm. I may have to try it. I never, I never get into games. It's been a long time since I've like played a game a whole lot yeah. to where I'm good at it. I mean, you and I sat down last night and played Dr. Mario for <laughs> a couple hours. Yeah. And that's one that I can, I, I felt pretty rusty. But that game honest, is, is near and but, dear to both your hearts, right? Yeah. Yeah, just used to it. Yep. You just jump right back in. But as far as the new games, like it's it's just hard. Like Battlefront Two, I bought it because it was Star Wars yep. and because it looked awesome. And when you play through the story part, you know that's forgiving enough that you can put it to easy, or you can just play the same thing a thousand times and finally get through it. But as soon as you jump in the multiplayer, I just I mean, as soon as I jump into the multi- multiplayer, I get wiped out and frustrated. Yeah, oh, yeah. you and I played that. Like, I remember when you first got it, and yeah. I was not that impressed. Yeah, I, I really I wanted advised. to be. It's fun, but I was excited when they announced uh, the next EA Star Wars game is only a story game. Mm. So there's, I don't think there's a multiplayer part to it at all. Which, you know, I mean, whatever. There's different types of gameplay, but I went ahead and pre-ordered it just because I'm excited about there being a story-driven mm-hmm. Star Wars game. That's cool. You know. And it's all canon? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everything's canon now, hmm. which is pretty wild. I just finished a bag. Look at that. Oh, that's and then already, time. yeah, it was like tiny, but that's still really cool. You know, I don't know what this is gonna <laughs> do. I guess this is the inside trunk of the tree. It's the holy hand grenade. Really fits down there. Speaking of holy hand grenade, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do that right off the bat. I don't know. Sure, Why? we don't have to. Well, speaking of the holy hand grenade, <laughs> well, I'll introduce it and we'll talk about it after. We'll talk about Maker Fair. So we had the there's a company called the Prop Store. I'm gonna dump a bag in the UK. I'll wait patiently. Okay. And we're making the holy hand grenade. Just kidding. All right, I got one more mini right. bag. Well, from the looks of it, the holy hand grenade isn't all that difficult to make. No, <laughs> it actually didn't so. look that impressive. Yeah, it looked like a spare coconut that they didn't rip in half to make the <laughs> horse sound. For those of you who don't know what the holy hand grenade is, it's one of the. Well, it's in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, it's one did of you the guys like moments. that movie? I did not. I love that movie. I did maybe the first couple times I saw it. Um, but then it became like a you're not a fall asleep follower. instantly yeah. thing. I mean, I wa- I I was exposed to it kind of uh, late high school maybe, and it was just at the right time where me and my friends we were all just we thought it was hilarious and we watched it a couple times maybe late high school early college. Mm. But then it was like oh we got to watch that thing that we think is so hilarious and then just fall asleep <laughs> yeah. because it, I mean it, it's older it's a little it's different pacing than oh, I think yeah. a lot of the movies that we're used to and then the jokes when you know what's coming up. Immediately, it, it you know it loses that. Yeah, yeah. We just watch it too much, too fast. And I've got a ton of movies like that that I still think are awesome that nobody else likes. <laughs> so I totally get that. But that's one that I just I can't make it through. Mm. It's, it's Tiff hates that movie. We watched. I mean, I watched it before I was in college, but we watched it together. And I started falling asleep, and I'm yeah. like, I'm kind of done. I'm going to go to bed. She's like, We got to finish this movie. I'm like, You really don't need to finish this movie. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, well, no, I want to watch it. You really like it, so I want to watch it. And I'm like, uh, okay, I'm letting you know right now. You're going to be upset. So, I mean, have fun. And she was. Well, I really like that movie. I like it, Good. too. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, but the Holy Hangar, speaking of that, so the prop <laughs> I didn't mean store. That as condescending as it sounds. <laughs> no, um, you're good. The prop store is what it sounds like. It's a, it has a bunch of movie props from all the different properties, and they auction it off. So this the last two days they have had this mega huge sale with very important, very iconic pieces of movie and pop culture that they're auctioning off. And I am going to say a prop and I want to see who gets the closest to the actual auction price, the sale mm. price. And this so. these are in pounds, correct? These are in pounds. I can do the conversion. I looked it up. It's it's a dollar twenty-two to a pound. So add okay. like a dollar and a quarter. Yeah. So but First off, we want to talk about Maker Fair. That's why Forby's here. Oh, yeah. Forby's here hanging out. And we just had the Louisville Maker Fair. Uh, the, the big ones, as of right now, are no more. So the 
people at First Build, this makerspace in Louisville, took up the mantle and decided to organize a Louisville, Kentucky kind of area centric fair. And it was, I thought they did a spectacular job. They really did. Yeah. Yeah. I I really enjoyed it. I'm really glad they did it. It yeah. was um, it was a lot bigger. So last year, I think we've talked about this, but the last one last year was it was like a high school like fall festival kind of thing. Huh. I I thought it was very very small. Um, it didn't seem like there was a lot of effort to market it very well, and I was kind of unimpressed. Well, and that kind of goes to like what the thing is. It's hard for someone who's not really passionate about it to market it. You know, I mean, maker fairs like you have to want to tell people about a maker. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't know how. Mm-hmm. And so I could see if somebody just kind of came in last minute and was like, oh, yeah, we should do one. Uh, I'll handle it. You know, they wouldn't actually know how to get people there. I was telling somebody that last year was kind of like somebody went into a parking lot and thought about Maker Fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was like. Huh. And it wasn't actually a fair. But this year, uh, First Build, this group took it over, and it was like a real Maker Fair. You know, it was yep. bigger. It had stages. It had um, demos. It had bands. There were food trucks. It had Jimmy Duresto. Had Jimmy Duresto on a giant bandsaw. Yep. It had good. all of us on no bandsaw. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they asked us for like planning help, and I got to go up during one of the planning meetings, and consequently Jimmy was up there too. So the two of us kind of gave them insight into like. The YouTube makey kind of world. And I think the most important part of the success for this was the people at first build just generally love the idea of people making things, but they were all about saying yes. Because hmm. I was like, what about beekeepers? They're like, that's an awesome idea. Or what about glass blowing or people that sew or it, it was it was a yes and conversation that entire time. I was like, do you know literally anybody who's excited about what they do as a craft? Tell them to come here and get a booth. So I don't know if that was just out of like pure desperation because they wanted to fill in this really big venue that they got, or if it was just the general excitement of people from cross disciplines sharing their love of stuff. But I think either way, it came across. Yeah, I mean, I think that's yeah. what the whole thing's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think over time, the fairs have become more and more focused on 3D printers and, you know, like high school groups and some people do some like yarn stuff. But it, it ends up being a lot of the things that are easy to get there, easy to manage while you're there, and easy to take away. And so when you have like a blacksmith group, that's a big undertaking mm-hmm. to get there, to handle it, and to take it away. And so they were probably looking at, um, you know, how do we get, how do we take down the barriers so that we get those type of people? Um, so we have a varied interest pool so that will reach more people who come to check stuff out. You know, because, I mean, only so many people are interested in 3D printers, but right. you got beekeepers and, you know, ceramicists hey, and all that type of stuff. That'll hit for somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I know one thing that, that I talked to um, a guy, Bo, who was running the meeting, was like, because there is no New York and Los Angeles, like right now the the make name still has a little bit of clout, but it, it this was the opportunity to make it about Louisville and to make mm-hmm. it about the area and the people around here that do amazing things. Mm-hmm. And so they have a lot of glass blowers around. So they had a glass blowing demonstration They had people that were doing metal casting. They had uh, one thing, my son, my oldest son absolutely loved it. I was surprised as he was a guy doing like live comic book sketches. So he was mm-hmm. a comic book artist. And apparently there's a huge Louisville like comic book scene. Oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I got a compilation book of like, it was like 15 or 20 different comic book artists in this one book. And my son's eyes lit up, and mm-hmm. like it, it was one of those super proud dad moments. I'm like, this is affecting him. Hmm. This is something that he's interested in. Here is a person who is legitimately doing it, and it's someone that he can look to for inspiration. He walked away happy. Good. They they did a really good job of making that an all ages event too, like yeah. family friendly. Sure. I yeah. felt like it was more so than even when we went to Bay Area. Uh, as hmm. far as like having things for the kids to do as well as the adults to enjoy. I thought that was really cool. My daughter's not quite at that age yet to enjoy that kind of stuff, but hopefully it keeps going to where she'll get to experience that. Well, somewhere. and it was it was hot. Like, yeah. I mean, for kids oh, yeah. in general, it's surprising that the, any of them lasted any <laughs> amount of time because it was very, very hot, yeah, which, you know, nobody can control. But Well, my daughter, I mean, she's the destroyer of worlds. 
And so she went around to this place and just wanted to like pick stuff up and grab it and throw it and mess with it. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. And every person was like, no, that's that's completely cool. Does she want to play the ukulele? Here's a ukulele. Like, let her play that. Here's a drum kit. And here's these like synthesized, um, like automated kind of guitars and not like a real guitar, the ones that have like the buttons and stuff. And like everybody there wanted her to pick up and play with and mess with and possibly break everything that they had. And there was the level one makerspace that had one of the end caps and they had a bunch of rotary phones all set up. And so the kids were just like dumbfounded at what the heck this piece of like <laughs> Jurassic style technology was. And they had it rigged so that if you picked up one of the rotary phones and you played with it, someone else on the other side of the tables could pick it up. And it was kind of like a, a two way communication, just like phone direct. Are. Yeah, but you're not dialing <laughs> yeah, anybody out. You're picking up a phone. They're picking up a phone. And my son thought it was so cool. He's like, I died. I dialed mom's number because I showed him how to da 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 five. And I was like, yeah, that was a telephone. Like, whoa, way back in the day. That's pretty funny. They had a huge art. Was it operation game? Oh yeah, like real forceps that were rigged up with like foil tape around the openings to pick up little three D printed things. It was alien operation. Yeah, there was so much stuff there for my kids to enjoy, even though it was crazy hot. Um, there was, they were welcomed by every little group and they spoke directly to my kids and it was awesome. Yeah. It was a good event. I'm glad they did it. I'm glad we got to be part of it. Um, so the four of us did a talk, which was really just us kind of answering questions. Um, we had a really good turnout Yeah, for the size of the event. Mm -hmm. I was really, you know, humbled by the fact that we had that many people show up and that was really cool. Um, after that, Jimmy and I did kind of the same kind of thing. Uh, and Dale Daughtery, I think that's how you say Daughtery? 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 The guy that started Make. Dale. Dale Daughtery is from King of the Hill. And he was there. And that was really cool. Uh, I mean, I've, we've met him before. I've met him before. I don't know if you guys ever had. But mm -hmm. just the fact that he was at that fair, I thought was really odd. And then I realized after talking to him that he actually grew up in Louisville, which mm -hmm. I didn't know. Um, but it was a good excuse for him to come to that fair and also come see family and stuff. So that was pretty neat to get to talk to him. He had a really good uh, response to that fair. And, you know, obviously he started them. So he's been to all the big ones. Lots and lots and lots of the smaller ones. And uh, he had a good response to that one. And had some really nice things to say about us and about, like, the YouTube maker community and stuff in general. So, And if anybody's curious, Make, as a company, um, is on its way back. So mm -hmm. the magazine is coming back in apparently a different format, like a smaller physical format. And it's quarterly again, like it was when it first got started. But it's coming back. They have new videos going up on the YouTube channel. Um, I haven't heard anything about the fairs, the big flagship fairs. But, you know, the Make is not awesome. gone. And that's really cool. So so there's that. Yeah, it was really encouraging to see him there yeah. walking around. Yeah. Um, you guys got anything else on Make Fair? What was your I, favorite favorite thing, like an uh, uh, exhibitor type thing that you saw? I really liked the – there was a – there was a little booth that had um, little Lego sets or, or Lego packages that you could buy that add blinking lights, like, in the middle of your existing set. So it was like a little battery mm -hmm. pack with two – a 9-volt battery goes in that and then two little leads. And then uh, a set of tin, yeah. kind of like 1x6s and 1x8s. And then you could snake those all the way through and then connect little uh, LED bricks and then wherever those match up with the two leads, and you can break them off wherever you want in your thing. You could have blinking lights or colored lights or, you know, on-off lights or whatever. And then they they also had a set of Duplos where you could add switches and lights and triggers and things, but that it integrates with your existing Lego set. And hmm. I thought that was really neat. And then the kids that um, ended up coming by later on when your kids went by, they really liked it too. I just thought it was really neat to see. There was yeah. a lot of great stuff, but... I had never seen that before. Yeah, we ended up getting a couple. We got one of the Duplo sets just because it had a little flying thing on it, and one of my kids wanted that. And then we got one of the the kind of just brick sets that you are talking about to add to an existing thing. And we got home, and they were all excited about trying them out, and they were like, okay, we need a 9-volt. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. That's the one we don't keep in stock. So we have to somehow find a 9-volt. 
I feel like we were looking for one of those around here. The yeah, other day. yeah, it's not something we keep. It's always the battery that you need. I never have. Never ever have nine volts. Smoke detector starts beeping. Mm-hmm. I, I played in the band at church, and like, you, everybody's guitars or mic packs usually take a nine volt. Yep. And then you're like, anybody got a battery? And everybody <laughs> looks around. None. Like, out of anything, like, a church should have, like, industrial supply of 9-volt batteries in the back. Well, it's kind of weird because, like, you know, a long time ago, rechargeable batteries were expensive. They didn't last mm-hmm. that long. They didn't have a long lifetime, so they didn't. They weren't really worth it. Now they're totally worth it, and they're pretty much the same cost or cheaper than regular batteries. So it seems like we should always have the batteries that we need on a charger because we have a lot of rechargeable batteries here. That's just one that we never... I don't know. We never got for some reason. I think my favorite was the the home brewers. Oh, yeah. You were there for a while. Yeah. So there's people that brew their own beer at home with, like, uh, brewing kits. They had a big, like, turkey fryer and then these big glass jugs and things. And this one company, the name escapes me now, and I'm sorry. Uh, they have different recipes, and they, they crowdsource their recipes. So they have like a, a, I guess, a brick and mortar store in Louisville, and they do it online. Every once in a while, they have like gatherings, and they'll take a recipe that they have that has you know this much wheat and you know honey and all these different types of ingredients, and they give them out to people, and then they'll come back and they'll go like, oh, I added this to this recipe, and then everybody will try it, and like, oh, that's awesome. And so the ones that they have available that you can purchase uh, have been vetted by a bunch of different local home brewers. Mm-hmm. And they actually commissioned a beer for the Louisville Maker Fair this year that you could get from the, I think it was the Mile Long or Mile High or something like that brewery that's around here. And I went to go get one. It's in like a, a tall boy can with like no logo on it. So I just got to walk around with like this silver can with this huh. this beer that was made specifically for that Maker Fair. And nice. I thought that was really awesome. It's something I've been intrigued uh, with for quite some time, uh, especially when we were in the RV. There was someone that I met along our journey that was a home brewer, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I want to do that. But I didn't really have a home. Yeah, that seems like a bad place to start doing a hobby like that. Yep. <laughs> Let's take this five-gallon bucket that's supposed to sit really still in a temperature-controlled environment, slosh it all around in the RV while we're driving down the interstate. This, like, rolling fermentation tank that yeah. just, like, gets bumped wrong and explodes inside We get here. pulled over, and it looks like a meth tank. <laughs> There's a lot of downsides, I'm imagining, to that setup. But now that we've got a house and we've got a basement and we've got a secret office, that can be a secret fermentation layer. Yeah. Take so. that, Prohibition. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really get to walk around a whole lot. I mean, we did our talks and then we ate some food and I kind of walked down one aisle and saw uh, there was a, a Vex Robotics team, local high school team. Got to talk to them for a few minutes. And then we saw, went and saw Jimmy at his bandsaw, and he cut out letters for all the kids, my kids, for their names. That's cool. Which was kind of funny, but kind of cool. And um, the only other thing I really saw was, um, well, uh, two things. One was a, a girl who actually wasn't there. Her mom was running her booth for her. Hmm. But she was an artist, and she was drawing these characters. And I don't know if these were her own characters or they were from a thing, but she's 16. Her mom was very talkative. She's 16. And started drawing these characters and then started putting them online and got this big, like, fan following. And so now she does, she sells prints and sells commission commission work. And then she started making, like, uh, like costume heads of the characters. Hmm. So these, like, uh, yeah, I did see that. big kind of stuffed animal heads that oh, you could yeah. wear. And so she was making those and she was getting commissioned to make, you know, these costumes and stuff. And um, it was interesting talking to her. Just hearing, and it wasn't even talking to the girl. It was talking to her mom, who kind of understood what she did and kind of understood all the stuff, but didn't really. And was kind of, you know, she'd say something like she was really proud, and then she'd kind of roll her eyes. She's like, I don't really know what this thing is, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. She's like putting stuff on YouTube, but I don't really know where, you know. Anyway, it was kind of cool just to see that this girl had started doing art and was now getting, you know, was creating her own thing and was trying to figure out what to do with it. But at the same time, you know, they're asking her to come on the news and talk about what she does and stuff. And she's like, oh, wow. I have a physics test. I can't <laughs> I can't come on the news. Like, I'm in high school. I don't drive, you know. So that was kind of cool. But um, there was also uh, a girl, a woman, um, and she I can't remember her name. Jimmy told me yesterday because we talked about her on Making It. Um, she went by the Cast Iron Gypsy, and she does cast iron art. 
And so she had a whole table of cast iron pieces. And it's funny because I always thought cast iron was this really, really difficult. You have to have a lot of in infrastructure and it's not something you could just do for like little pieces. I was totally wrong mm. because she had a table full of things that she had made like jewelry and utensils and just little art things, stuff to set on tables and then bigger pieces as well. But uh, she ended up telling me about this kind of cast iron art community that exists. And it's not just, she's not from Louisville, but it's in the entire region. And she has all these connections with people in different places that all do this type of art. Hmm. And they get together and they'll like all melt a whole bunch of stuff at the same time. And you make these molds and the molds are one-time use. Like you pour the thing and then I guess the, the iron is so hot it destroys the mold. Hmm. That makes sense. But then you end up with the final piece, and it was get, really cool. Get but it, it right was, the first time. Yeah, it was just a, I don't know, it was an interesting thing that I didn't think I would run into, you know, so. Yeah. But there was a whole lot of other stuff there that I didn't even get to walk by. So, sorry to those people that I didn't get to see your stuff. I think their crowning achievement was their gigantic, like, 20-foot-tall appliance robot that first build is owned oh, yeah. by GE, yeah. and... I guess they came up with the idea to take old GE appliances, or not even old, but like spare or broken or whatever GE appliances and assemble them together. Um, this one designer that I met while at first build had a bunch of um, like concept art. He went to SCAD also, and he was very... Uh, I, I talked to him for a while, guy. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and he, he came up to me during the planning meeting, and Jamie and I were talking, and he was like, you know, which one of these things do you think is cool? And... You know, which one do we think that we should make? And I was like, all of them were neat. This big, tall robot with, like, TV screen heads. And some of them had a little spear. And I think one had, like, a sword or something. I'm like, cool. I'm like, where's the where's the fire? <laughs> He's like, I don't know what you mean. I'm like, well, this is Maker Fair. Something has to shoot fire. Like, if you want to get on the news or you want to be in the pictures, I was like, you better make something to shoot fire. <laughs> and he kind of made a face. And I'm like, that thing, that little stick, whatever pole, whatever this thing is, you can rig that up. And... Luckily, they took that to heart, and they made it not only shoot fire, but the TV screen head had a live feed from a webcam on a computer, so you could stand in front of it with a microphone, and it had, like, a voice modulator that would change your voice to a robot voice, put your face on the top of the robot, and you could hit the button and make the big spear thing shoot fire. <laughs> so my kids were super excited about that. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a nice touch. I never got Good to see the, the screen thing work. I don't know if... Maybe it, it was worked on Saturday. It, or I don't know. Uh, it was pretty hot, I think. It was overheating the laptop. Oh, yeah. It was also pretty bright, kind of hard to see. Yeah. yeah. I saw the uh, the mayor of Louisville was there, and he was giving a talk. And then the second day, the president of the University of Louisville, where the Maker Faire was held, was there, like, playing around with her voice modulation on the robot. <laughs> oh, yeah? So they oh, yeah, got a lot of people that. to buy in, yeah. That's pretty cool. That's cool. It was a, it was definitely a community driven event, you know, spearheaded by the the guys at First Build, and I think they did a really fantastic job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was a big fan of the demonstrations they were doing with the glass blowing and the blacksmithing. Um, Kenzie and I just finished watching not too long ago that glass blowing show on Netflix called Blown Away, mm -hmm. and it's like a competition show set up, yep. you know, similar to like <laughs> Great British Baking Show or Making It or whatever. Um, but they're making glass art, and it was super cool to kind of see that up close and in person because I think, I don't know, glass blowing is just super intriguing, and it's one of those things where you have to have a very artistic mind but also know how to work fast, and I, yeah. I don't know how to do that because, you know, one false move, and you can shatter this thing you've been working on for hours and hours and hours on end. But it was just cool to see that up close and, and watch how good they were at, at presenting it to the crowd. And that was even more impressive to me is how these people were not only focusing on this incredibly hot piece of molten glass or metal and also talking to a crowd of people surrounding them at the yeah. same time in 97-degree heat. Yeah, so, <laughs> so hot. It was really fun to watch. Well, you can take the glass blowing classes at one of those places because my wife was going to get me that for my birthday. Hmm. And they were like, oh, it's in July? They're like, yeah, we don't really do classes for outsiders in July because it's— You'll die. You know, yeah, you'll get heat stroke. <laughs> yeah, they were talking about— Fall like, in the oven. You don't want that. <laughs> they were talking about, like, d if your body's able to get conditioned to being around that heat. Because those people weren't able to wear shorts and T-shirts outside oh, yeah. Yeah. around those forges. So, it was cool. I really liked it. It was good. Hopefully, um, 
you know, it was free. Mm. And so it obviously didn't make them money. It cost them a significant amount of money, I'm sure. But hopefully there was enough whatever return they were looking for to be able to justify doing it again. But I don't know. We will see. We will see. But hopefully, you know, fairs like that, local fairs uh, everywhere will continue to happen because I think they were really good for local communities. It's just hard when there's not like a big somebody to look up to, you know, as an example for how to run the thing like that. And I don't know that the big ones were ever, if there was enough trickle down of, of like process to make the smaller of like ones. Like the management of the whole yeah. thing? Yeah, I mean, it was, it's very much like you're just licensing the name and the assets. and But it'd be nice if there were a, a big, really successful fair, if those come back and maybe they send down some knowledge to the smaller fairs to help mm-hmm. them grow a little more and make the entire thing you know, more beneficial to everybody. But we'll see. You want to do the, uh, the prop thingy? Yeah. Prop thingy. Let's do the prop thingy. The prop thingy. Hold on, where's this piece? I don't know. Hold I on, did, I got to find I, this piece. I don't know. Got to find the piece. Well, while you're doing yeah. that, I did see, because uh, we're all Stranger Things fans, yes. they announced uh, season four, mm-hmm. Stranger yes. Things. Oh, yeah. It was very upside downy. I'm I'm happy about that. Upside downy. Yeah, we haven't seen a lot of the upside down in the last two seasons. I've never heard the term upside downy. Yeah. Well, there you go. So I'm excited to see more of that alternate world that they kind of built up pretty heavily in the first season. Yeah. And it drove the plot of the second and third season. But like like you were aware of it and you kind of had to be to understand what was going on, but we never actually entered it. Yeah, I think so. for a story they it would, you had to go in first time you establish that it was a place and then the others to build kind of suspense like they came out and came into our world yeah so it'd be cool to kind of go back in i'm always super intrigued by alternate universes and alternate timelines as a story device Hmm. so i'm excited to see what they do so my is maybe spoilery for uh season three we've all seen it right well we Mm -hmm. have right i have yeah you have okay Yeah. So, but anybody listening, this may be spoiler spoilery for season three, <laughs> but I just finished it like last week. So, I think at the end, spoilers, okay? Don't get mad at me. Ooh. I'm telling you. I like this theory, though. I think at the end, when the whole thing's about to blow up, they're about to close the the fissure in the wall, and, you know, it blows up, and then Hopper's gone, and everybody's like, oh, he got blown up in the Gamma truck train explosion thing, whatever that thing was. I don't know what it was. I think right before it blew up, he jumped into the rift, into the upside down, and then it closed on him. And it's possible that that rift was also a connection, like some sort of portal, to a a mirror rift in Russia. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And maybe the Russians were using, were trying to build too, so they had a tunnel into the U.S. through the upside down. That's how they got all the stuff in the mall. Right. But I think maybe he jumped in there. Whether that part's true or not, I think he jumped into the upside down to save himself. Like, wait, better than blown up. Wasn't there? Wasn't there a post credits in? Yeah. 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 And it was, it was in Russia. Yeah. And they said there was an American in the cell. Right. They That's didn't say all it was you know. Him. Oh, I guess I was assuming. Maybe in my mind, I was thinking that they showed him, but they didn't. No, they didn't. They pulled out a Russian, well, someone who was speaking Russian, uh, instead of the American. So I think that's supposed to imply that it's him. Yeah. But and maybe maybe it is. I thought about the him jumping in before I saw the post credits scene. So who gotcha. knows? But I like the idea that he's like now in you know survival mode in the upside down with nothing mm-hmm. being Hopper. That'd be cool. But who knows? All right, you. You, you don't have your props. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I'm just building a thing while you're talking. Okay, I'm done. Okay. So the prop store auction. My kid's playing piano upstairs, by the way. We Sorry. have items from all of our favorite movies. Ooh. Things we've talked about here on the show. Uh, very iconic things. We've got some Harry Potter. We've got a lot of Star Wars. There's Jurassic Park. There's the actual holy hand grenade. Like, a lot of stuff. Yeah, but even the ones we discussed earlier, I probably couldn't remember yeah, the price range. So. Okay, good. <laughs> if you're bringing them back. Okay, so well, you, I'm going well, to try to... you can use a few of those as examples. Just so yeah. yeah, so I don't remember which ones we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's a bunch of lightsabers. There's one, two, three, four, five, maybe five, either screen-used or prototype or first-cast 
lightsabers. You want to start there? Oh, sure. Yeah, you only mentioned Thanks. one of those earlier. Yeah, I so. did. I didn't know that there were more. Okay, cool. So I'm going to do some calculation here so we can get some U.S. dollars. Are we guessing in U.S. No, dollars can, or pounds? Do it, in pounds? it doesn't matter. Yeah, guess guess a value of units, of Seven galactic units. credits. <laughs> okay. Well, then we won't be wrong. Yeah. Okay, so we <laughs> have Obi-Wan's New Hope lightsaber, the prototype. Ooh. Oh, man. And the first aluminum cast. These were together as a single auction? No, wow. but they're the same. They sold for the same price. They were not in the same lot. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with around 100000 Okay. Now, yeah. remember, this is not screen used. The- These are the castings. This is the, the prototype that the designers made. Right. And then the poured aluminum cast for it. It didn't say that it was hero. And it didn't say that it was screen used. Hmm. So let that affect your pricing. Okay, I'm going to stick with 100. I hope everybody at home is playing along. Play along. Hollering at the car in front of them in traffic. What you think. Again, all of these are in pounds. You multiply a dollar and a quarter, give or take, to this price to get how much you would pay in U.S. money. I'm answering in pounds, just so you know. It's fine. Galactic, fictitious credit. (laughs) I'm going to say 75,000. 75,000 for Forby. I'm going to say 32. 32? Like 32? 1,000. Oh. 32 units. <laughs> Thousand units. Okay. What'd you guess? 100,000. 100,000. Okay. 12,300. Whoa. What? Because they are not screen used. Oh, I thought I was low balling. They looked a little rough. But those are that's the low point in our lightsaber story okay. here. 12,300. Wow. Pounds. Why won't this stick? Ah! I mean, Which I still is... wouldn't spend that, but that's surprisingly low for... My steering wheel keeps falling out, you guys. For something that I mean, I would almost think of prototype stuff as being more okay. valuable. So that's fifteen thousand U.S. dollars. Wow, per item. That's still pretty crazy, though. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay, we'll go from lowest to highest. So where was the other? There's that one. Okay, Darth Maul's double-bladed lightsaber from Attack of the Clones. Hmm. I don't recall if it was... Attack of the Clones? He wasn't in Attack of the Clones. Or not Attack of the Clones. Um, the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. The Crappy Menace, yes. <laughs> Episode doo-doo. Yep. Now this is pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't say if it was screen used or hero, but it looked... It had both of the... It had the long hilt, both of the blades. Um, I'm assuming it, it wasn't anything to the, to the extent as Obi-Wan's where it was like a prototype. This was a lightsaber as you would look at it. It looks like a lightsaber I'm with two probably, red blades. Uh, maybe 30 30,000. Okay. Anthony? I feel like that's pretty iconic. Sorry, did you say not screen used? I don't know. Oh, couldn't okay. tell. You All look right. at it in the little in the picture, it looks like Darth Maul's lightsaber. Sure. To where Obi-Wan's look like a kind of burnt up, chewed up version. Hmm. 19,000. Okay. 30, 19. I'm going to say 32,000. I think it's high for some reason. Are we, we're going to play prices right rules and Forby gets this one. It was thirty six nine. Ooh. Closest without going over. Is Closest that what you without mean? going over. Okay. okay. Cool. Yep. Next is Mace Windu's lightsaber. Did not have a blade. Four dollars. Like Darth Maul's <laughs> Mace Windu's. I'm not a fan. <laughs> uh, you, we're going up. You were doing these lowest. We highs? are going up. Okay. We're gonna no. we're gonna go up to where. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. So I'll say. I don't know, $55,000. $49,000. $42,000. $86,100. Dude, it's purple. Come on. The blade is purple. It didn't come with a blade. That blade was all digital. Mace Windu's $86,000. I just want to do this real quick. $86,000. I I mean, like, I know, you know. $105,000. Good grief. Wow. That's a lot of dollars. And he has one. Yeah, so yeah. he he has one that I think oh, he stole right. from set, so it's probably mm-hmm. like the same one because mm-hmm. he's bragged about it about how he shouldn't have it, but he has it. But he's Samuel okay, Jackson, so Obi Wan's lightsaber, Darth Maul's lightsaber, Mace Windu's lightsaber. Okay, this is this is it. We've got Luke's lightsaber from I believe it was New Hope. This is the one you mentioned earlier. This I, is the production. So I remember this one. So I'm Star Wars up. New Hope lightsaber that Luke had. He got from Obi-Wan in the chest that lightsaber. This was your father's lightsaber. I remember talking about it, but I don't remember the price. Um, 
I don't know, 190,000. That's so much money. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Um, I don't even remember the last one, but don't, it's okay. Because uh, you're saying we're going up? Like we're it, going these up. are all going up? Yeah, just for the lightsabers, we're going up. Um, uh, 92,000. Okay. I remember what it was. So. It is. Oh, good. 100. $47,600. Oh, I'm sorry, pounds. 47? 147,600. That equals $180,000. My guess was in U.S. dollars? Everybody. Um, <laughs> I think I was still Let over. that I mean, sink in for a Imagine being able to drop $180,000 on something that you can't uh, drive or fly or live in or it doesn't do anything or fight with <laughs> like you can't do anything no. with it except resell it except yeah yep. that's true wait, store it wait five days resell it for twice as much man. <laughs> oh my gosh we want to so keep on Star Wars weird. for a little bit uh, we can jump around okay I'm gonna I'm gonna bag go for it okay we'll do Robocop's cowl oh screen cowl? used screen used I I'm, I'm gonna guess I'm not exactly sure. Some of these are specifically mentioned as screen used and that they highlighted. So I'm not sure if it was screen used or not. But again, you look at it and you're like, boom, that's RoboCop's cowl made by the people who made RoboCop. Mm. I know nothing about RoboCop. So. Um, he was what? a cop and uh, he became a robot. That's where the RoboCop. <laughs> you mean was. Inspector Gadget? <laughs> Ooh. <Huh>. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> He's Robo Detective. Come on. Okay, he, got, he got promoted. Or Police Officer Machine. <laughs> that's the dollar general version yeah <laughs> there's a shirt that i've wanted to buy a couple times and it looks like robocop but it says robert cop <laughs> <laughs> i've seen the i've seen the robocop where he has a bag of donuts and he's all fat <laughs> i see that <laughs> all right robocop's cowl uh robocop's cowl um i made a mistake here um i'm gonna go with the uh, maybe seventy thousand. i don't know i'm not sure what the how interested are people in RoboCop? I don't, I don't know. know. And I think that has to go into your guesses, like yeah. the allure of that property. Yeah. If there's only so many of them, if they're so iconic. I mean, RoboCop's cowl is pretty iconic, I would imagine, but yeah, I mean, I it's, so. it's piece of the whole hmm. suit. 16,000. 16? Yeah. Oh, wow. That was low balling. Yeah. Um, 32,000. <laughs> yeah. $14,760. Dang. Which, ironically, was also the winning bid for the Rocketeer's jetpack. Oh, man. Which I thought would have went for way more than yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Huh. I would yeah. love to have that. Every time That's I'm crazy. like, this is probably enough examples, and I would click next on the auction. I'm like, ooh, what about that? And I'm like, well, then I've got enough, and I'd scroll. I'm like, oh, check that out. Did it wow. say anything, like, the details about how they're made or, like, actually metal, like like the jetpack? I don't was know. I'd have to go back and look. It, it looks like it was actually metal. I would... I wrote, I, which I think this same sale price was for an original Wonka bar as well. Wow. Yeah, they had the golden or a golden ticket on there that Ooh. was less than that. That's where I stopped because I sorted by highest. Uh, let's okay. Here's one that I know that Bob would want. <laughs> an original. Okay. Empire Strikes Back yep. art department reference binder. Oh, dude. Yep. <laughs> For the low, low price of, oh, golly, uh, ninety thousand. See what's cool is when I'm looking at the price and you guys say a price, I'm like, that's a deal. This price is a deal. Then, <laughs> like, it's all relative. Like, yeah. there's no amount of money that we could like gather together to put in a bid for this. But just because of the disparity between the two, it's like, oh yeah, that's totally a bargain. <laughs> What do you think, Anthony? Uh, so this is the reference guide. Every yeah. piece of art, every machine, every Empire Strikes Back unique element, this is where that stuff was referenced from. I would love to look $200, at that. $200,000. Yep. Oh my gosh. Or pounds. Now I can't Credits. tell whether you're saying that the actual price is a deal compared to his first guess or his guess. I'm is good it? at this. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to go lower, so I was going to say uh, 22000 I, I don't even know if I went lower, actually. I'm, I'm hoping that this price is going to make Bob walk out and go try to track down this book. 10000 What? Really? 
Whoa. Well, I'm yep. not going to spend $10,000 on a book. But <laughs> that's pretty awesome. If you, if you did, wow. it I mean, would be it would that. be It would be really cool to see what's all mm-hmm. in there. You know? There's got to be stuff that didn't make it into the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or just details about things that did make it in that they you, were a you lot of pencil drawings. From what I looked, it was a lot of pencil drawings, a lot of like blue line drawings of things. So it has some examples on the the website. Oh, no. this? oh yep. man, I gotta go check that out. Hey Josh, check this out. What? It's a hinge. Hey, look hinges. Josh but, do you think at this point though there isn't anything <laughs> that would be interesting or useful that hasn't already been released in extra art books or extra? Material. I don't know. There like, absolutely is still stuff that nobody's ever even seen. The picture that I saw on there, it, w- it looked like the side of an X-Wing, but not really. Hmm. So, not sure. Uh, let's jump Star Wars and let's go to Marvel stuff. Right. Mm. Odin's Spear from the Thor franchise. Hmm. Seems pretty recent. Yeah. Kind of, um, I'm going to go kind of low. Maybe, maybe 9,000? Okay. 12500 6000 $27,000. Oh, boy. $500. You all have been outbid. Zoinks. Yep. That's closest. Um, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> leather jacket from Terminator 2. Oh. Whoa. That. Oh, That's man. tricky. Yeah. Um... This is like straight from a Planet Hollywood display, right? I'm imagining that <laughs> when they all went out of business, somebody just ransacked the walls. <laughs> I'll take that jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to put this in the moving truck. Thanks, guys. Uh, gosh, probably, I don't know, maybe 40000 Which boggles my mind to say that somebody would even have that to spend on a leather jacket. Um, Whatever. I'm going to go low and say thirteen. Hmm. 26000 18,000. Hmm. Which I'm I'm going to venture that there are existing leather jackets that cost more than $18,000. That's true. That's and not, they probably don't smell like Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> Stink like movie archives. All right, here's one I know that Bob's going to like too. The disc throwing arm from the original Tron. Cool. Disc throwing arm. The little highlight looking thing. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I bet it didn't go the for that much. Scoopy arm um, from Tron. I'm gonna say like uh, like fifteen thousand. Okay. What else? Mm. Fifteen. I hear fifteen. Can I hear fifteen? Um, in fifteen. In quarter, fifteen. I'm Speak. gonna. Sorry. Go ahead. Finish that. I want to say something else. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do twenty-eight thousand. Nine thousand dollars. Nine thousand. Yeah. Eighteen thousand. Oh. Four hundred fifty dollars. So recently, my kids had a, a, a fall festival thing at school. Mm-hmm. And they're like auctioning, they're raising money for the school, you know, so it's like five bucks to get in, you play games or whatever. And then there's an auctioneer out there, and he's auctioning off like, I don't know, stuff. And just like random stuff, like, you know, seats at a basketball game, or somebody has this, I don't know, whatever. A bunch of random stuff. Have you ever actually listened to an auctioneer? Yeah, it's really annoying. It is terribly (laughs) annoying. Because they're not saying... Of the amount of noise that they're making, they're saying words for about 10% of it. Yep. And they have this, like, this (laughs) repetitive noise that they do to fill the gap that builds this anticipation with the people listening that just, it adds this terrible stress. That's what it's supposed to do. I know. Yeah. It's terrible, though. It's just like, 10. I hear 10. Anybody beat 10? Literally just making noises. 10. You in the back. 10, 10, 10. 5? And he's he's the only sound with a PA in this parking lot. And it was just, it, it drove me crazy because it just wouldn't go away. Anyway. All right, let's 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 spend some real money now. Wait, hold on. One more. Ooh, real money, huh? Okay. Okay. We'll start to go up the ladder. Let me see. <laughs> Harry Potter's acceptance letter to Hogwarts. Ooh. Wow. Cool. I think this is it right here. <laughs> yeah, that might <laughs> be. You got the Lego oh, form. It's What's so your small. Favorite? Uh, I'm going to pay you $20,000. All right, $20,000. Going once. <laughs> um, I'm going to go high on this. I'm going to go 85,000. Mm. 61,000. 42,000. 28,000. Mm. 290. I had a feeling it was lower than I thought. The half broken grail tablet. From Indiana Jones Ooh. and the Last Crusade. Oh, man. In the movie, there were two. 
There was the one that was being uh, displayed, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then there was the whole one that was inside the sarcophagus. This is the broken one. As you can see, there is text missing. That part. Yeah. Um, 64,000. Mm. I was way off. I could tell by Josh's face. 20. <laughs> two five. 17,000. 30,750. Hmm. What's funny is I have no idea what number I said. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm kind of losing it. You could buy a new car for that. Wow. Uh, Marty McFly's uh, like self-adjusting Nikes. Oh, we did this one earlier. I can't yep. remember. I don't remember what it was, though. I don't either. I think it was wrong when I looked at it, and then I finally saw the final sale price. Um, hmm. And they are ugly. Yeah. Yep. And the rubber is starting to kind of go because a lot of these props were made out of foam rubber that deteriorates over time. Yeah. They had the original Michael Keaton Batman entire suit that hadn't sold yet, but the face part, the cowl that like goes underneath your jaw, was starting to kind of sag and kind of look kind of gross. Mm. So. And I think these sneakers, like the soles of these sneakers, kind of look that way to me. Mm. But they are Um, very iconic. Thirty-four thousand. Twelve thousand. I was about to say that. So 12,001. Oh. Ooh. 65,000 <laughs> pounds. Oh my gosh. Wait. I feel like I remember it being significantly less than That's that. Oh, I didn't even think You must have looked at it. $80,000. For some shoes you can't wear. Yep. The, um, so in Silver Springs in Florida, there's a place called Silver Springs, which is a spring, and they filmed a bunch of movies there. It's Nashville Spring. It's really pretty. It looks like a jungle. And they filmed Creature of the Black Lagoon there. And so in this one of the buildings right there, they have the original black or creature suit, and it's that same latex rubber stuff mm-hmm. that's just completely falling apart, and it's so disgusting. It yep. looks like there was a monster that's decomposed in a case. <laughs> it's so nasty. It's and the, the kids were all one, like, kids. you know, the kids had never seen the movie. I've never seen the movie, but I've seen photos of the monster, and they were just like, what is that? <laughs> like, why is that in a box in a big glass case in this it's pretty nice. They did have a, a Jaws replica, a, a, like a screen-used Jaws dummy from um, Jaws of Revenge. It hadn't sold yet either. Where would you put that? Exactly. There were a lot of full-size, like one of the Prometheus like little pod things that people were sleeping in. That hadn't sold yet either. Um, all right, so we mentioned the Holy Hand Grenade earlier. How much did the Holy Hand Grenade sell for? Ow. Mm. It looked honestly like a burlap-covered sphere that someone had bedazzled with hot glue and fake pearls. Well, that was the budget for that oh, movie, so yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go like like sixty thousand because that that one has a cult following, so maybe yeah. that matters to people more than ninety five hundred. Ninety five hundred. Hundred. Ooh. Wow. One dollar, Bob. <laughs> Twenty two thousand. Sixty-seven thousand six hundred and fifty. Oh, that's higher than I, I remember. Sixty something. Didn't you it? said sixty. Yeah. Oh, cool. Eighty-two thousand dollars. Could buy a Tesla. Ooh. Hmm. Let's do it. Or, or, the or like half a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the dare the new Netflix Daredevil. The entire costume went for sixty-seven thousand pounds. So, comparatively, you can get a holy hand grenade, or you can get an entire screen-used Daredevil costume. Wow. Hmm. Um, we talked about Michael Keaton's OG Batman costume. Mm-hmm. What about Jack Nicholson's Joker costume? Oh, wow. Mm. Purple plaid pants hat. Man, you could wear that one, too. Mm-hmm. Good. You'd be styling. Look, look smooth. I would like your fanciest table, sir. <laughs> um, let's see. 45000 No idea. 62000 82,000. $73,800. Nope, sorry, pounds. My bad, pounds. Pounds is. Which is. Uh, <laughs> $90,000 for grief. an ugly costume <laughs> that you would not be caught dead in. I don't know. I mean, if you are the type of person well, that can spend $90,000 on a suit. You might wear a purple yeah. suit with an orange tie and a big hat. Mm. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. 
Spock's shirt and pants from the original Star Trek TV show TV series went for sixty one five. So people must mm. like to Joker more than they like Spock, which I would have <laughs> thought that that was backwards to me. I would have thought that mm, as yeah. many Star Star Trek fans. Uh, let's well, but there might be more of those, right? I mean, like this is just one of them. Surely he didn't wear the same one. Oh, I don't know. That's a good call. I went to um, very smelly. The what's the name of that museum? Is it sci-fi. Yeah, it's Museum of Science the Fiction. EMP. Is that what it's called? Oh, the Experience Music Project. Yeah, yeah. it has the so, science fiction. Right. Yeah. There's a science fiction and a fantasy museum inside this EMP museum in Seattle. Yep. And when I was there visiting uh, Bill and Britt from Punish Props, they had a Star Trek installation like in place where like Paul Allen and all these other people who had well, there was a bunch of sci-fi stuff, but they had just put in the the Star Trek one. And so they had uh, set pieces from the original show. They had the whole, maybe not the whole, but a, a lot of the seats and the consoles from the original Enterprise bridge there. Garbage. Absolute, total, <laughs> like, hot glue and cardboard and little plastic <laughs> gels that look like pieces of, like, Jolly Rancher. That's what the buttons on these consoles were. It honestly looked like trash. But on screen were... Yeah, but, you know, 10 yeah, feet away. In the 70s, too. I mean, if it's blinking lights and it looks like right. space, it'd yeah. be pretty forgiving. They had the original phasers there, mm-hmm. which were pieces of, not MDF, but whatever the equivalent material was at that point, like hot glued together, spray-painted black mm-hmm. with, like, nice. little silver things on the front. Just trash. It was amazing that it that it lasted at all, you know? Yeah. The fact that any of it was there. It was crazy. But, hmm. when I mean, when you have to work on a budget and oh, yeah. work quick and it's only going to be on screen for a little bit and there that was like a weekly focus. show too right mm-hmm. okay so we're staring at the unfinished components of an r2d2 mm. so think about how much you're in right now with that r2d2 <laughs> think about how much you can you can buy a licensed working r2 unit at star wars uh, galaxy's edge for twenty five thousand dollars right wow this auction had two R2 units. They were not D2 units. One was the, the dark green one that I think we've talked about before. Oh, yeah. And the one was all silver. So they have an all oh. silver version. Okay. And the well, dark green version uh, sold separately. They went for around the same price. Okay. What is that price? Does it Did it say whether these were like... I imagine they would be screen used. But were they rem- like working or were they, they had lights? Okay. I don't know if they were driven, but I know that the lights were on. Um, I mean, at this point, there's no reason that they wouldn't have been on a, a remote control. Um, yeah, I'm going to say uh, seventy-five thousand. Now, for you at home, again, this is each one is sold separately. They just happen to go for around the same price. Yeah. Okay. Ninety-three thousand. One hundred and twenty-two thousand. That's one hundred and twenty-two thousand dollars on the dot. Whoa! I, you I, I almost kept going like oh, okay. Twenty-two thousand and twenty-five cents <laughs> and six pence. <laughs> well, he is sitting right next to the book, so yeah. there's a possibility I got, I got that he book I was not looking to see some really crappy sketches yeah. from here. We're oh, an yeah. hour in. Want to do a couple more? Dang, yeah, we really? only have a couple more. Okay. These are all, all trip right. digits right here. We've got the top three. Oh. Yep. Okay. So I will say the top three, these and I all... want you to each put them in order from lowest to highest. Okay, Ooh. these are all six figures. All six and above. <laughs> six and above. Okay. I yeah. mean, they're six figures, but like it's a hundred more than $100,000. Okay, gotcha. So I'm going to say three. Why don't you tell me lowest to highest? We have the map painting. On the Death Star of all of the Imperial Stormtroopers, like the really nice formation when uh, Darth Vader walks off mm-hmm. of the Imperial shuttle with yep. the Emperor. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. We have Man, the, that would be so awesome over the, here. the ghost <laughs> trap from Ghostbusters. Okay. Ooh. And a screen-used Stormtrooper helmet from A New Hope. It's the one that is standing immediately to the right of Princess Leia when she meets Darth Vader for the first time. So we've got That's map. amazing that they know that. Yeah, you can tell by like some of the scuffs near the, the nose. Wow. They've, they've been able to, to match it. So that one in particular, they're very proud that it was screen use. So that one was noted. So screen use Stormtrooper helmet from New Hope, matte painting of the Death Star, Ghost Trap from Ghostbusters. So my order, uh, lowest to highest, Ghost Trap, um, 
Matte painting, helmet. Anthony? Uh, I would say helmet. No, 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 no. Painting, helmet, ghost trap. Painting, helmet, ghost trap. For me? Um, painting, ghost trap, helmet. Painting, helmet. Wait, what? Painting. Painting. Ghost trap. Ghost trap. <laughs> helmet. Got it. Star Wars, uh, Ghostbusters. Star Wars. Okay. Ghostbuster sandwich. So in third place, <laughs> title. <laughs> Ghostbuster sandwich. There you go. Yeah, I'm gonna write that one down. On a toasted Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> With sesame seeds. Uh, in third place at 159,000 pounds, which is $193,000. The screen used stormtrooper helmet. Really? Yep. Wow. That was the highest or lowest? That was the lowest. Gosh, we were all wrong. In second place, at 172,000 pounds, which is $209,000. That's almost our house. The matte painting of the Death Star. Oh, my gosh. Which leaves a whopping... 186,960 pounds of the ghost trap from Star Wars, which was the highest. Star Wars? What? Star, I'm sorry, from Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. My bad. From Ghostbusters. Which is a whopping. Ghost Wars. Starbusters. $228,000. Good grief. Oh my gosh. As of the time that we are recording on Tuesday the 1st at 4, that was the highest bid item. So it's not done yet. I don't think so. Wow. Wow. They had, like, Han Solo's jacket from Empire. Uh, that was on there. They had full-size dinosaur replicas from Jurassic Park. Uh, the T The, like, five-foot-tall T-Rex head had sold, but it wasn't as much as I thought it was going to be. There's Battlestar Galactica. There's an entire Aliens lot. Hmm. Like, huge lot. Xenomorphs. Whole Xenomorph. Xenomorph heads. Like, I am thoroughly impressed and kind of bewildered at how they got their hands on all of these crazy iconic iconic things. They must have been collecting this forever. Yeah. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, I think when you're a place like that that's known for this type of thing, people who have those lots, who accumulate them over a lifetime or over, you know, several years or whatever, they'll bring, they'll be like, okay, I'm done with this. Someone else needs to enjoy it. And they'll bring it to prop store. Or if they just went out and did like an all call to the people that they know, the collectors they know. I would imagine. There was Forrest Gump shoes sold for $24,000. (laughs) C-3PO's right hand sold for $23,000. Oh, man. Duncan McLeod's Highlander katana with the dragon head on it sold for $18,000. Data's jacket from Goonies also sold for eighteen thousand. <laughs> oh man, did it have the? Did it, have didn't, have, the it didn't have the belt. Oh. It was just a jacket. Oh. The chainsaw from Army of Darkness was nine thousand. Um, the little baby Ewok puppet. Oh yeah, twenty-two thousand. I bet that looks terrifying. <laughs> there was more. Looks... I guess on Battlestar Galactica, there's some kind of weird bear-looking thing. It, that was super creepy. Huh. Oh, the staff from Jurassic Park with the the amber mosquito mm. oh, sold yeah. for fifty-two thousand. That'd be um, cool. Matt Murdock's glasses from Daredevil's nine thousand. Wow, man, just nine nine thousand dollars for nine thousand pounds. Pounds, sorry, it's like eleven thousand dollars for a pair of glasses. For a pair of that they red probably circular. Glasses. They probably went to like all the Walgreens in town and were like, "Hey, look, there's red ones. Grab those." That's crazy. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah, hmm. that, that was really is. cool. Uh, Congratulations to everybody who bought those. Yeah, really. <laughs> Congratulations to everybody that sold those. See, and it's that's in the, yes, uh, that's, that's true. It's in England. I wonder if they have to pay the, the VAT tax on that stuff, which is mm. like twenty percent tax. Ooh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> those Joker pants aren't so cool now, are they? <laughs> Think about that. I don't know if you can spend two hundred thousand dollars or whatever it was on a pair of pants or pants on a suit. You know, the extra twenty percent is probably like, well, I guess I just won't go to Starbucks tomorrow. <laughs> that person, whenever they have guests over, be like, check it out. These are my Joker britches. <laughs> Wears them like pajama pants. Pajama. <laughs> oh, you are my number one pants. <laughs> anyway, well, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that. Uh, that was um, fun. And uh, you guys got anything else you want to talk about? We're over an hour, but you know, you still got sets left to build. I've got a little bit, but I was busy. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, if you want to support this show. Want to help us bring Forby up here to visit more often? <laughs> Go to 
Uh, you can, oh, we have the new URL now yeah, for the Maker Alliance. Yes. And it is? Um, ILT.ms slash join, or I like to make stuff slash join. Yeah. Dot com. Dot com slash join. Yes, that's right. <laughs> all of those. Yeah. Nailed. It'll all work. You can Nailed. join the Maker Alliance. The Maker Alliance are the people that get behind the scenes access, uh, get to see videos early get to hmm. get discount codes and pre-release merchandise and all that type of stuff. And they also help support this show, help us buy Legos, help us fly 4B back and forth on occasion. Stuff like that. So if you want to do that, go to iliketomakestuff.com slash join. And you can do it on Patreon or on YouTube. They're the same thing. They're just different platforms. Up to you. And if not, that's cool too. No big deal. But would be really cool, and I talked about this on Making It the other day. It dawned on me recently that if because a lot of times on podcasts, you're like, hey, tell your friends if they like this kind of show. Maybe they'll like it, you know, this one, or whatever. We can get some more listeners. If every person who listened to a podcast told one other person to listen to that podcast, in a single week, the listenership, is that a word, yep. of the show would double. That math adds up, yep. Yeah. yeah. But that's kind of crazy to think about. It. You know what I mean? Yeah. If everybody did that one kind of simple action, hey, friend, you're and- a... Blank. That doesn't count blank. that you just unplug your headphones and just like blare it at people. That doesn't count. That math would not add up. <laughs> <laughs> Tell somebody about it. Tell it what it is, why you like it. Maybe they'll like it too. Mm. Or don't. I don't know. I'm not your pretty dad. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Thanks I for will. listening. Uh, and <laughs> Do it. <laughs> now. Josh is your dad. What are you doing right now? You're not doing anything. Go tell people. It's true. You're, if you have time to listen to a podcast. Text and drive real quick, just real <laughs> quick before anybody people. sees you. Don't, Don't do listen that. to a podcast. Don't do that. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.